0: Uh, Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to a very special edition of the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. Tommy Drake, uh, not with me today, but don't worry, you're going to get plenty of Tommy Drake content uh, very quickly. Uh, I'm just recording at home. Tommy is currently out traveling. Uh, Here's the when and where of this moment. It's about 10 days before Christmas 2022. Uh, I'm chilling at home. I got a week off at home before I go back out and uh, work on some ships out of New York and go to Bermuda and the Eastern Caribbean and uh, a bunch of cool stuff over uh, over the Christmas holiday. Uh, so I'm at home catching up on some stuff, uh, about to watch uh, France versus Morocco. You already know how that turned out. Me? I'm about 20 minutes away from a uh, beginning of that game. I'm waiting for a... Uh, recliner to get delivered today that's actually a gift from and for my dad when he comes to visit. (laughs) So that's cool. Uh, uh, He's like, yeah, grandkids can sit in it, Sarah can sit in it, cats can sit in it, but I am not allowed to sit in this chair. And I'm just going to tell him that that is some bullshit because I'm going to sit in it immediately and constantly. So anyway, uh, what I'm going to share with you today, like I said, it's a very special episode. Uh, I'm going to play three different sections. Uh, each one are pretty much a uh, episode on their own, but these were recorded at different times along the three-week trip that Tommy and I did in Eastern Europe back in November of 2022. And uh, the first section, I'll tell you, that was a, hold on a second. Uh, it's three-week-long tour that we were on all over military installations Uh, U.S. and NATO military installations, I should clarify, (laughs) all throughout Eastern Europe, right? Not really supposed to kind of mention exactly when and where we were, but it's common knowledge enough to know that we were in Kosovo, we were in Romania, uh, we were in Bulgaria, Slovakia, Hungary, uh, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland. You get the idea, right? It's all Iron Curtain tour that we're on. And I brought with me uh, a new little wireless microphone setup uh, that me and Tommy were going to try to record with a lot. Uh, uh, We did a little bit. Uh, I was able to get these files together. The uh, audio is a little raw, but that's kind of what we'd like here on After Later and I hope you do as well. Uh, I'm putting them in unedited and that's a decision (laughs) Uh, but I want you to kind of hear what it's like for us to be on the road and on tour. I thought we were going to record all the time. Uh, Unfortunately uh, touring is exhausting and especially this kind of real rustic touring and a lot of haul ass and go from one day to the next so that's the priority and whenever you get a chance you record so that's what we did. So these three, let me go back to what I was saying, these three uh, segments that I'm about to share with you, the first one is recorded in the back of a a Sprinter van uh, driving from our gig in Bulgaria to the airport in Sofia before we're about to have a four-country day where we go from uh, uh, Bulgaria to Austria to Romania, or no, sorry, to Hungary, and then drive to Slovakia. So that's what you're going to hear us talking about in the first one the second one is about four days later or no three days later uh, when we're flying to lithuania and it's on a plane it's on a lot polish airlines flight from warsaw to vilnius uh, lithuania and that's when that one's recorded and then the third is uh i say maybe one or two days after that and we're sitting chilling in the lobby Uh, in Riga, Latvia about two or three days left on the tour so that said I'll pop on in between uh, but I want you to enjoy these it's a long episode so listen, pause, pick it up later wherever, please share it with others so without all that said uh, hope you enjoy oh, uh, let me say this thank you so much to Armed Forces Entertainment for putting on the tour and for inviting us on uh, special thanks to Tom Foss. Uh, you hear us talking about him. and We wanted to do this whole recording with him because he had some UFO experiences. We're going to do a whole interview with him and it never came together. <laughs> hung out with him every day but we were just grinding and traveling and performing and, and freezing and we never got around to it. Uh, but you will hear him a little bit in these, uh, in these little snippets. Uh, so thanks to Tom. He's the one to put together. We were honored to be on Tom Foss's All Stars of Comedy uh, World Tour. Uh, Julie Scoggins was a comic on the tour with us. She's very, very funny. You'll hear her talking a little bit in the first one. Uh, it was a real treat to get to watch her work and hang out with her. And of course, me and Tommy Drake were the other comics on the tour. Special thanks to Michelle Bean Krieg uh, from AFE uh, for putting the whole tour together and riding with us for the last week and uh, you know, handling all the, all the travel and the setup. It was amazing. Thank you so much for all that. Uh, so, yeah, here you go. Enjoy. After later, John Wesson. Boop. mic test mic test
1: hello check one two hello check one two you picking me up i am picking you up ah nice Ah, oh (laughs) it's gonna be so much background noise but it's cool i like it i I like background noise
0: johnny we like to uh audio verite you know what i mean like this is real right too many podcasts out there they drop thousands of dollars on microphones and put all the little eggshell crates all over the wall, and Uh spend days editing and sound cleaning up. Of course. That's not what life sounds like, is it, Tommy? No, no. Life has background noise. Yeah, life has discordant tones. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, natural life has tinnitus. Just... Oh, for sure. Fuzz. And, you
1: know, the universe actually has background fuzz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The universe is loud as shit. It is. I mean, there's there's noise, noise, but it all it all blends into this weird background fuzz. That's, that's right.
0: It's it's kind of the it's one of the misconceived facts of oh, there's no sound in space because you have to travel through. That's not exactly true, is it? No, no. We... There's different there's different wavelengths of sound, just like there's wavelengths of visual light. Yes, and. Um...
1: It's, it's debatable, but a lot of people believe light light actually makes uh, noise as well. Whoa. The photon wave has a sound wave coming off of it.
0: So the only difference between light waves and sound waves is the organ in which perceives them.
1: Well, and then the, the, the speed that they travel and their, their wavelength, but yeah.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Well, let's set the table here. Uh, this is a busy day that we're going to have today That's why I wanted to record today. We've already yes and no. It's a long travel day. Yes, this is when people think of stand-up comedy tours. They think of you know all the shows and the crowds and the shaking hands and taking pictures and the after parties. We haven't had any after parties yet. We haven't even had any pre-parties yet. Honestly, no. but uh, this is the real shit right here. This is this is where it feels like a, like a grind and a job. Yeah, everybody,
1: everybody. Uh... Well, not everybody. Most of the comics we know do well when they when they're well rested, yeah, well fed, yeah. But the real pros are, can travel four countries, thirty six hours, and you know get a get a quick uh, whores bath in a sink mm-hmm. and do a killer
0: show. That is a good feeling. Nothing like a little whores bath, <laughs> a little splishy splash in your armpits. That's right. You know what I mean? A little disposable wipe under the balls.
1: While you're getting introduced, you say,
0: any chance you can give me some of those chicken fingers for after I get off stage? Yeah, exactly. Is that's, there, sh- that's your shift meal. Instead of, like, you know, famous people, they're like, oh, we've got a five-star restaurant, a chef on call, and afterwards a private dining room set up for you. We're like, is there anywhere we can get anything to eat? Yeah, right, exactly. And you love it, and you love it. Uh, now, I don't know where we're if we're allowed to say... Where we're, I think we can just mentioned the countries, we have we're, a four-country day today. We're in Europe. You said too much. Ah, am I in trouble? We're on a different continent than we usually are. We are on the. We're on the military base tour that we talked about. Previous, yeah, exactly. We can allude to previous episodes, right. but if you're just catching this one, uh, I'll give you a clue to where we might be. If you're watching the news and they show all the scary shit that's happening on the map. We are also on that map. We're we're adjacent to that. Right? Yeah. We are in places that share borders (laughs) with hot zones. (laughs) Obviously, they're in Georgia. (laughs) Uh, I'll say this. As as I look at road signs that we pass, they're in the Cyrillic alphabet. Uh You've said too much. I've said too much. I've said said too too much. Anyway, this is basically After Later Podcast, coming to you from parts unknown. I am John Wessling. He is... Tommy Drake. We're sitting in a van down by the river.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can't say which river. Right. But
1: this but is... I, I I can already tell. This is that that bonus footage that we keep stored, that we release months later. Mm-hmm. It, well, well, I think we have to. Well, of course we have to, yeah. But it's it's that... I got one in the chamber, you know, when you and I are back working cushy
0: cruise gigs. Well, we are in country number one, and I'm hoping, this is my plan, Tom. I want us to record a segment in each country along our stop. Because
1: we'll be in four different countries today. Yeah, We're four. not in country number one of the tour. Right, no, we're no. We're no, in country no, number of one day. of this particular travel day.
0: We're actually in country... You count the flights. Well, we count the flights. We're on country five already, I believe. Right. Do we count our home country? We can say our home country, can't we? Yes. We are from the United States of America. Oh. Uh, we started there. Wow. I so may have said Conus. too much. Yes. So there. Yeah, we were in CONUS, the continental United States, right? I figured that one out. You do these kind of gigs, one of the hardest things is figuring out what acronyms are. Unabbreviating things. Yeah. Disassembling them, which therefore makes the shortening them shortening of them in the first place ridiculous, you've... Yeah. Right? If you unpack it, then you've wasted the time that it saved in the first place. So, yeah, that one. Uh, Deutschland, our first, where we landed. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that where yes, we... Yes. We flew to Germany. And then our first country, which uh, I won't say what the name of the country is, but... They really love Bill Clinton for a war that he did there. <laughs> you can Google that if you
1: care. Did you two have a song about him? I did. <laughs> or was that Led
0: Zeppelin? I'm uh, confused. Yeah, I can't remember. They've been mentioned in rock and roll for sure. Yeah, they, they hosted a Winter Olympics once. They did? Under their previous mm-hmm. incarnation. And it's, it's, it's one of the few countries that isn't universally recognized by other countries as a country. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right. I've said too much. Yeah. It's none of its neighbors in particular really fucking hates it.
1: <laughs> well, because it's claiming that it's still part of them. That's the thing. Yeah. A, they want it back. You know. They're
0: like, a bitter ex.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. They keep driving by. It's like imagine if the Panhandle of Texas said, "We're not Texas anymore. We're we are East Oklahoma." Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a bad example because as a South Texan, I'd be like, "Guy, fine, fuck off with yourself."
1: (laughs) Well, I would imagine Dallas too. I I would imagine some of those folks are like that,
0: but others are
1: like, "We will never recognize you as a second Oklahoma."
0: God, can you imagine going to a having a generational blood feud over the fucking Panhandle? Ugh. it'd be the other way around. It'd be like those bitter divorce cases where neither parent wanted the kids. Yeah, instead of you can't take them, it's no, you fucking take them. No, you take them. Yeah, that was one of them. But anyway, uh, here's a quick breakdown of our travel today. We started off this morning uh, about a four-hour drive on back roads to the first airport. And we sit at that airport for about two hours. Fly to a country who I would say their two most famous native sons are Arnold Schwarzenegger and Hitler. Sure, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Agree. that sounds about right. Yeah. Known for their sausages, little sausages that come in a can. Yes. Very pasty. And also known for asking
1: the universal question, how do you solve a problem like Maria?
0: (laughs) Good job. Good job. Um, Country number... So we sit there for a couple hours, take a flight to country number three. Right. Which... Uh, is known for their hunger. Oh, for sure, yes. We are very hungry there. They are.
1: Starving. Yeah. And then we, uh, and then uh, against our better judgment, we aren't in charge, we we do a border crossing in the middle of the night by car. Yeah,
0: we were just informed yesterday that instead of being picked up by a driver in an organized van kind of thing, is is our custom. Uh, we instead have to amazing race style uh, complete some sort of obstacle course to rent a car. Yes. I'm assuming that based off the timing of our performance, will be the quality of the car, right? Like if we if uh, we can solve the puzzle or untie the knot fast enough, we get like a badass rental car. If we solve well, that's we... the nice part about Europe is it might be a really nice car. You think it might be. What would make you think that? I don't know. It could be an electric car. I mean, what are we in now? Is this a is this a Renault or a Mercedes? That's definitely not a Mercedes. I think it's a, I think it's a Renault. It's a Renault. That's a nice car. <coughs> no, what is it? It's a
1: Volkswagen. Oh, ah, it's a Volkswagen. This is a Volkswagen. Yeah,
0: no shit. Huh?
1: Yeah, that was Cedric, who's been taking care of us on part of this tour. He's good people, helping us out. Helping very, us out. He's
0: very cold. Yeah, you're welcome to talk. Yeah, we'll. Uh, you're we'll, welcome. We'll talk to talk. you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> no. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to talk. talk. He's an expat. He probably. He's has, hiding. He's got warrants. He do not want to talk to people. He doesn't want anybody sense. to know where he is. I understand. All right. Uh, yeah. here's another thing too. You if you're listening in the states, and I'll say hello to the 46 listeners because uh, we're actually sitting with <laughs> 47s in the car. One of the 47s. Yeah. <laughs> so we're actually this kind of this, this episode is going to hurt our numbers. As <laughs> you're getting to get it live. Uh, it's very special. But t- you <laughs> get out, yeah, Just cover years, Tom. I'm
2: other, prepared other. to get
1: after a latery right now, Johnny. are you? yeah, check this out we are uh we are jumping around the planet today mm-hmm. we are we are free traveling our planet, which is uh which is inter by various different methods right by mm-hmm. by car, by plane. we just
0: passed a horse and buggy,
1: then we just passed a horse and buggy, <laughs> yeah. which is a cool in between technology that we're at because horse and buggy technology how many miles a day could you cover maybe if you if you had a, a horse maybe 40
2: yeah depending on how much they're horse. dragging
1: if you had a team of horses right maybe 60 how well, many I don't know miles if a
0: team of horses makes you go farther or faster i think well, it just well,
1: it, it it allow considering what they're pulling it right. allows for a little you yeah, don't bit, Multiply, further.
0: like, if you have four horses, you don't go four times as fast. No, You can no. just pull four times as much shit. It the lightens the their load a little bit and allows for le- less needs for stopping and water and oh, gotcha. stuff like that, right? I think you still have the water, then, the same amount.
1: But imagine... Well, you're going to need more water for more horses. Yeah, four, four times more water. Yeah. But
0: imagine the... Uh,
1: you know, with that, with that technology, we wouldn't have been able to do this tour, right? We wouldn't mm-hmm. have been able to... But, but we're fortunate we're using other technology to jump around
0: the planet. Yeah, you know, one thing about this part of the world that has been exciting to me, Tom, is that we sort of live in an area, we're existing here in an interdimensional space where all times exist at the same time. Yes. Where we are okay. both in the modern day. And then if you go to some of the places we're at, it's super futuristic. Oh, yeah. And then it's also super rustic and almost prehistoric. Yeah, All on the we, same road.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We're driving past some uh, some prehistoric stuff right now, and we're uh, oh, yeah. a, and we just uh, a couple nights ago we stayed in a hotel that was so futuristic that I had trouble figuring stuff out. Yeah, how to use things.
0: Yeah, uh, one thing on this tour we've already learned is that the quality of the lodging is inversely proportional to the length of time we're staying there. Oh yeah, if oh, so yeah. we're staying in one place for four days. It's basically, here's a shovel, dig a hole, you know where to shit, light it on fire when you're done, look out for werewolves. (laughs) If we have two hours to take a shower and a nap, we're basically in a Star Trek quality hotel.
1: Yeah.
0: At that one place, which we can't say, which was close to a sea, which is very dark. Yes. (laughs) So dark, in fact. A historic sea. Yeah. A historic (laughs) <laughs> historic sea. It's, not, a it's alive. It's it not is. that one.
2: No. It's, it's very life. dark.
0: It's a living historic sea.
2: Yeah.
0: They're like, this place is hopping in the summer. Everyone in the Balkans comes to parties here. I'm like, that sounds, that sounds like...
1: So here, here's my Spring-Brig. question for yes. you, John. Do we need to be able to get around our own planet more efficiently before we explore beyond it? Right? Like, should should today's travel take us moments since we're staying on the same planet, should we be able to get where we're going with one mode of transportation much faster? You know, should we be able to get in the pneumatic tube and shoot into the atmosphere and land at our location or somehow transport there? So you're saying Should we achieve that sort of planetary
0: mastery of travel before we try to go to the moon or Mars is my question. That's a great question. That's a great question. I, I think about that, like, yeah, like, if if there was such a thing as a Stargate, okay. we could just hop through a portal and, boom, you're on Mars instantly, but yet we live on a planet where it takes 16 hours to get 500 miles. Right. At the same time, we should, yeah, like, we should, okay. it no, would be but, cool. But we're, you know, we're probably within
1: 10 years of this, you know, we have a... We have a person operating the vehicle right now. We're probably within 10 years of, of being able to set it and forget it. Right. You know, kick back in the back of the car and have it self-drive us where we're going. I still
0: can't. I don't think I can trust that.
1: I know you can't trust it. That's because you're a dinosaur, but your kids are going to travel my that way. My kids are
0: going to trust it. Your kids are going to travel that way. Yeah, my and kids are already like that. You know, we're almost there. They just sit there. in the car. They don't give a shit about who's yeah. driving or what's paying attention to the road. My kids aren't. Like like me, I'm sitting in the back seat of the van. If we weren't talking... I would just be looking down the road as if I was a driver. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My kids, they don't give a shit. They're looking at tablets. They're taking naps. You know Tom Foss is passing out.
1: We picked up an extra person this morning to help with the driving. Yeah. You know, and, and pretty soon that's going to be a, an archaic task where the driving part isn't going to be necessary. Yeah. Yet we're still passing horse-drawn buggies on this journey.
0: Well, just in the 15 minutes that we've been recording so far... We were on gravel road, being passed by horse buggies, people growing cabbage next to the side of the road. And now we're on what is essentially an Audubon. Yes, yes we right are. Right there. We just went from the 1700s, brief stop through the early 1900s, and then bam, now we're in the, the cheery 2000s.
1: I have a hint about where we are, John. Most of
0: this used to be Rome. Ah, that'll <laughs> narrow it down. That will narrow it down. It so, doesn't narrow it down. It doesn't narrow all. it down. I, we've, we've said way too much. Sorry, folks. We're being coy. It's like saying, it's like saying, was once colonized by the British. Yeah, no, it still yeah. doesn't help. Yeah. That's, that rules out Antarctica. Yeah. I'll say this. One thing I know we were excited about being on this trip, we are in an area that is recently a hotbed for UFO sightings and activity. Yes. And I've been keeping an eye to the sky. And as of yet, I haven't seen anything.
1: And the term hot bed is different than the term hot rack, which I learned on this trip.
0: Yes. This is a hot rack for alien activity. It's a hot rack for alien activity. <laughs> that would be go, go Tepe.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a hot, a hot rack. rack for, That's a hot rack for alien activity. For everything. Yeah, no, this is, a, this is a hot bed for UFO sightings, right? Yeah. But we are also in a region where there are countries that are that have advanced military that aren't communicating with other countries that are adjacent to them. So, a lot of the UFO sightings here could simply be, you know, military craft of adjacent countries. And most of them are are sort of, it's suggested that that's what it is, so don't worry about it. But there's been a lot of stuff seen out here that the way it's moving and the way it makes no sound is beyond our current technology.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funky. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, as we already discussed this is an interdimensional area where we exist at all times at the same time yes are we not just seeing the next thousand years and we're we're basically the people on horse and buggy taking our cabbage to the market
1: yeah you would argue that everything everything that we see is uh, you know part of the past yeah but could also be a glimpse of the future
0: that's deep bro that's deep that fucked me up mess me up like one of my favorite war movies is Patton you ever watch Patton Patton's a great film a great great war movie and there's like that one scene where he's looking at the he's talking about the old battlefield oh yeah right you know, you know the Peloponnesians were in this corner Hannibal was <laughs> over here and he looked you know little, I feel like we're in those areas right like you said this used to be Rome Go back we are. two thousand years ago. There was fucking chariot battles and shit we're, on we're, that hill. We're right we're there. driving through.
1: There have been various. There's probably residual battle happening right now just outside of this thing because there's been various battles fought on this land.
0: You know, it's kind of sad that uh, uh, we uh, make our land. Our landmarks are mostly based off of battles and war and conquest. Yeah. No one ever says, "See that river valley over there." best piece of ass in 10,000 years used to live over there yeah, you see that mountaintop yeah Aztec chiefs used to fuck on it all the time <laughs> no it's all about war and battle.
1: yeah there's you know there, there's a few historic entertainment sites but even those are about war and but battle it's still
0: about war yeah 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 where's the love
3: yeah
0: where's the love you know we need to
1: create some love memorials john
0: that's right that it's like, oh, this is the Roho River. It's called that because after this one battle, it ran red with blood for three weeks. Like, right. oh, that's great. That's great. But this is the Ho River. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. This is the dick-sucking forest. It's known for amazing dick-sucking it occurs in there. There's a witch in there. Historic. The friendliest witch in, the, in this country it's very helpful people get lost on purpose that's right I don't even think they're really that lost you know she also makes a good sandwich she really does she's a good helpful (laughs) sandwich dick sucking witch yeah which is yeah yeah. those stories get lost in time they do sadly (sighs) so country number one on our busy day should we introduce the people that are sitting around us, irritated by us if,
1: podcasting? If, if you want to. I mean, we have to properly interview Tom Foss at some point.
0: Yeah, this doesn't count, Tom, this, this as your doesn't. proper interview. Uh, at some point, we're going to sit down and get nice and weird with it. But, Tom, you are our you are our commander on this Secret Squirrel comedy tour. Uh, There's
3: Money Shot Mountain.
0: Oh, yeah, Money Shot
3: Mountain? Let's talk that. Yeah. Money
0: Yeah, that that whole eastern slope covered in jizz of the Peloponnesians.
3: (laughs) That was (laughs) great. I would not argue in the uh, earlier conversation that our travel, the more important you are, the faster you travel, right? Yeah, that's good. Like a private jet doesn't have connecting flights. Oh, right, right, right. Or traffic, you know, they shut down the road for you. Uh, so i explain why we're going all day to get where yeah, we're
0: going. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is a good point. The more important you are, the higher technology you use to get yeah, places.
3: There's, yeah. There's no, uh, clear for landing. You're clear.
0: Yeah. Like, like if Chris Rock was doing this show, it would probably be on Zoom and he would be at home just on a screen
3: and everybody would be happy. Right. Well, but us unknown fuckers. We gotta show up. And, uh, somewhere in this area there'd be a coffee pot and donuts yeah oh yeah totally totally that would be nice hey Julie right now, right now we're on camera from the front seat John and myself <coughs> are uh, launching this podcast from the Volkswagen axle area yes that's good
0: unseasonably warm here wherever this is whenever Whatever this Central is with golf weather yes is, uh, is exciting but Tom I know you've done a lot of these tours yes do you remember your very
3: first uh, AFE tour that you did I went to Iraq it was my first tour I Went was to Iraq 2005 April and I'd never flown across the ocean oh no shit which should. was my big fear but going to Iraq overwhelmed the fear of the ocean oh yeah I got halfway across and I was looking at the airplane map on the TV and I go, I'm over the
0: ocean. So, uh. That's, you know what, that's a pretty good, like, that's a good way to conquer your phobia. Right. Is to have a overwhelming larger phobia. Yeah, Yeah, like, oh, I'm afraid to swim. Really? (laughs) Don't worry about swimming. There's going to be shooting fire at you.
3: (laughs) Tsunami coming.
0: Yeah.
3: You're worried about getting washed away.
0: That's cool. Who were you on the
3: tour with? Uh, our uh, travel man, now Steve Burr. Okay. Uh, Lamar Williams and, and uh, Scott Derringer. Uh, Did you... Uh, now, 2005
0: in Iraq, that was still the shit.
3: Yeah, they were, it was uh, right around the uh, Butcher of Baghdad time. Oh, yeah. And so that became a concern in between the time I said yes... I went, those activities were heightened and... Uh. I remember
0: around that era, there had been a couple of offers and opportunities for, for for me to go on those kind of trips, and I didn't want to do it, and I said no when it came up, and that was just me knowing my own luck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I hadn't had that much exposure as a comic, and I didn't want my first TV credit to be getting you know, decapitated on Al Jazeera.
2: Right.
0: You know.
3: Yeah. I think I was so miserable at that time in my life, I was like,
2: yeah! <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's see what happens.
0: Yeah. I was a little nervous about this one, obviously, because of, you know... The Romans. The Roman thing that's <laughs> going on.
3: Really active lately.
0: And uh, Rasputin. Anyway. uh, But I'm also just... You know, my family's from Germany. Right.
3: We We almost went to your lake.
0: We almost did. We almost did. We didn't have enough miles on the van. I was a bitch. But... uh, uh, Also, I I just don't want to die ironically. It's one of my great fears. Right. And my ancestors worked so hard to keep me from dying in Europe. You know, what yeah. I mean, that would feel like an affront to them. Like, uh-huh. I'm supposed to die in the Midwest, like, like the successful members of my family. <laughs>
3: Slowly in the Midwest.
0: Yeah, that's right. Hopefully, you know, toiling on a farm or some shit. That's or like my dad. My dad wants to die at work so bad. That's like his dream. Yeah. he does. Yeah, he wants to die at work. He's uh. Like he, he just wants to be discovered in his truck somewhere near an oil well that's mm-hmm. like that's, that's his hero's death
3: if he wants some ironic song on the radio
0: yeah probably that uh, what is it um, uh, Felina is that the name of the song the out in the west Texas town of El Paso. Yeah. Yeah, a, that's us that would be my dad's death song you know I don't have any of those plans you no? Know? If you got to choose the, the manner of your passing, what would you go with, Tom? Sleep. The middle really? of night. That one scares the shit out of me. I don't want no high dive. Okay. I, don't, I want to die with my eyes open. I don't want to... Because I think about, like, what's your experience going to be? You're sleeping, you're dreaming, and then you just don't know that you're dead. Continue to dream. Yeah, right until it just runs out. Yeah. As, right that's fucked up <laughs> I wanna cause I feel like you're a ghost if you don't know that you're dead right cause then you're just like oh what the fuck and you're an odd
3: spirit traveling around I feel like anything else is gonna be a problem for the people around me you know like, oh yeah yeah, just yeah. A, well a hassle I guess you would say
0: but that seems creepy as fuck like let's say I die in my sleep right that I means then my wife's going to be all creeped out because she was laying next to a dead guy for a few hours. <laughs> right? Then you got to get rid of the bed. The house is fucking tainted.
3: Yeah. You know? There was no joke there.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like any other night. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I'm a, just a dead lay in the bed.
3: <laughs> just don't want to be a hassle, you know? I'm like... I always say I want everyone to call off work and say, we're going to my funeral, but just not go and have a day off work on me. Oh, that would be cool.
0: Yeah, that's my idea. That would be cool. I, I would tell you, Tom, that my, my wife has uh, really put her foot down and said that, like, me or any of our kids or anyone in our family are not allowed to go to space. Oh, really? Because she doesn't want us to die in space. Then her look up and, like, know that we're floating dead in space. I was like, but that's how, I want to die a rare way. You know what no, I'm saying? Like I, I s- agree, yeah. Millions, tens of millions of people have died in their sleep peacefully. Yeah, you don't want to die that's boring. hooked up to an IV or something. You, want to- you know how many people have died in space? Less than ten, officially.
1: If you believe the Russians.
0: That's right. All they do. The Russian space program has killed tens of thousands of people. <laughs> they, the first off, they land on land. We land in water. About, you know, 20, 20 to fifty percent of their cosmonauts coming back stuck the landing like a yard dart.
3: Yeah, but that's not dying in space. That's no, not dying in space.
0: Exactly the same thing. That's a, that's a good question. That's right. I wouldn't mind that because that's a small number of people that have died on re-entry. That's a rare, flashy kind of way to go. And I don't mind the idea of being a floating satellite corpse. That's more cool. Then I'm like... Then, then, like those apps where you can see the satellites when you look up at the sky you guys were talking about the other night, you'd be one of those. You know, my, my ancestors or my descendants could could like oh oh oh
3: Grandpa John's floating by it's him right there but Beep. then you fall into that hassle effect where somebody's going to say he wasn't on that rocket oh, he yeah. faked his death yeah oh that'd be cool as shit photos of you and hey what's the you and Dikembi Matumbo? I think yeah the grocery store yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey let me ask you though
0: I always wondering this what is the if you fake your death and you get caught. What's the punishment? Like, what? <laughs> it's a felony? Is it fraud? Right? Depends on. The yeah, well, Tommy has an answer. Different. Tommy travels in circles of uh, people who benefit. Uh, there's,
1: there's no punishment. But everybody who's ever faked their death has done it for a reason. Either they're avoiding some sort of prosecution for some other crime. Yeah. Or for financial reasons, they're committing some insurance fraud. So everything around faking your death is a crime. Okay. But... The actual faking your death itself is... Actually disappearing from where you live and making people believe that you died is not a crime as long as you tie up all the loose ends of your life. Okay. Not that, you know... You know, lying to your family and disappearing is only a crime if there's uh, other laws being broken. Like if they cash in on a life insurance policy exactly. or like that. Exactly. Or if you're skipping out on some sort of credit card debt or yeah. some sort of indictment. Now, I want the Tommy Cooper death, which is the legendary... We, we were discussing our old friend Amazing Jonathan earlier, right? Yeah. Jonathan Zealous, who just passed away. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, Jonathan... Uh, there, before Jonathan, there was Tommy Cooper, who was a British com- comedy magician. And his act was sort of based on tricks not working. And, super funny, ahead of his time, died on stage in the middle of a show. Well, towards the end of the show, actually. And for a full five minutes, the audience was certain that it was part of the show.
0: Oh, wow. What a great way to die. I'd love to die in the middle of a show. Well, that's kind of the comic dream, right? To die... On stage, but even that's happened over a dozen times. There's been comics that have oh, yeah. dropped dead. Now I hate for the uh, the audience. That's dying in someone else's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: hate I hate for the audience to have to go through that trauma. So I yeah I selfishly Just want to I <laughs> Selfishly want to die during the show, but uh, I want it to be a small crowd.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: like they almost canceled the show. I just wanted to put that in there. Yeah. I like it. I wonder if the, the process is to, like, if you're legally declared dead, and then you come back, <laughs> like, how do you get an ID after that? How do you, Yeah, do you get like a, you have to pick a new name, like, no, sorry, John Wessing's dead, you're, you gotta be, John Wessing 2, like a screen name is gone, right? It's I gotta, like half the people who live in Alaska, I think, or, presumed dead from other places. Don't you love this macabre shit, time Here we are. I know. Now? Every
3: time we've been talking about me today, it's gone to death. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't have enough money to retire. We're like, oh, hey, by the way, this guy died.
3: Get on my phone app and make sure my heart's working. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had to have what I used to have an Apple watch and I had something got underneath the the watch and was blocking the sensors, and I did that. Whole, Let me check my blood pressure and my heart rate, and it was all zero. And I thought I just caught myself at the <laughs> moment of death, but it was just a little piece of plastic from a garbage bag. I was fucked up. Uh. That was a uh, my life flashed before my eyes. Are you aware
1: of the There's a pretty good. It's kind of a multiverse theory, but the theory is that. Uh, No individual consciousness ever actually dies, right? Like, I, I, as your friend, I might outlive you and experience your passing. Or you might experience mine. But you won't personally experience your own. In your own life, you will live forever. And experience the passing of everybody around you. So, uh, the idea is that every near-death experience you've had, or most near-death experiences you've had are actual deaths. And it feels like near death to you because your death never happens in your consciousness. Have you heard that one? No. that's But it's, it's a good one. It's right? a good one. It's a good one, right? But other consciousnesses experience your death. That's fucked up. But you live on, and every time that happens, a an alternate parallel universe is created. Right? Yeah. So on this... You know, on, uh, uh, on this travel day today, you know, maybe the plane avoids a storm. Maybe the maybe the uh, high-speed car ride had, has some uh, near misses, right? Every one of those could potentially be uh, the death experience for somebody in your life, your death experience for somebody in your
0: life, but you never experience it yourself. All right, I'm going to have to digest that one. <laughs> that, that just... I thought it'd be a good one to put out there. That just fucked me you up. You go back to your conversation. I can't. How am I gonna go back
3: to a conversation now?
0: I need to stare well, out the window I'll for an hour. Share
3: this thought with you. Uh, when I was in eighth grade, I found myself in a place I shouldn't have been, and I was basically beat up and robbed, type thing. And I was choked with a chain. To the point where my life flashed before my eyes in snapshots, from the from my first memories of uh, picking up my parents' cigarettes and acting like I was smoking to Little League to my grandparents, boom, 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 and then I blacked out. And from that, I got this idea that there is a consciousness after death. <laughs> there is your soul continues in some fashion. I don't know that I had an out-of-body experience like you heard where you're above the room looking down. I didn't have that, but I had this just snapshots of my life going at 100 miles an hour, and then I blacked out. And uh, so I believe there is a, a consciousness afterlife that you're, something else happens when your physical body dies.
0: Right. What I'm afraid of is that you're trapped in it. Right, because there's definitely, like, all of a sudden, you kick it. Uh, it's not like you just, like a cartoon angel float out of it.
3: Right. Like, you're... Like, I may have blacked out on a photo album. <laughs> but, but, like, uh, your
0: hearing. Like, you're, I that the hearing is the last one to go, right? Like, that's... Yeah, So yeah, even when right. you can't see anymore, you're laying there dead. You can still hear shit. And, you know, like, a lot of times when people pass peacefully in a, ho- you know, a hospital room or something like that, they hold their hand and they keep talking to them and they can see that the fading brain activity they can still pick it up and all that well, I'm afraid like you're just stuck in it like how long are you stuck in there still being, a, being able to like observe and notice like do you go all the way through your burial or in some God place, forbid, your, your cremation eyes. you know alright uh. yeah, all right, yeah. You we'll, know know we'll know sooner or later yeah I'll tell you <laughs> I'll haunt you from the other side and, Tell you what happened. Alright, well that fucked me up. So country number one. We still got about another two and a half, three hours of driving to the to the airport. I'm not gonna say where this airport is, but it's a lovely town. There who's your favorite Italian actress.
1: <laughs> Isabella Rossellini?
0: No, that's not it. <laughs> oh, I know it is. Sophia Loren. That's, that's still smash.
2: There
0: I believe she has been dead for ten years. I bet she's still hot.
1: She'd still hear that sex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, uh, what's the what's the one that was on um, Modern Family?
3: Oh, Vergara.
0: Oh, Sofia Vergara. Vergara. Very similar to where we're going today.
1: Teresa Tomei.
0: Yeah, no, that's not it. That's not. It. That's tomorrow. We go through there. <laughs> All right, so country number 1, we're going to take a break. We'll be back from country number 2 and we'll introduce uh, the other member of our
1: Sophia Coppola.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, the wrong one. This is the <laughs> This is the Coppola Sex Fields. That's where they get that word copulate. This is where the Romans and the Etruscans solve their my fucking openly in the fields. Well, I tell you we we went to a, a when I was working with Maddie Kirsch at that website, we went to a, a porn shoot, and we had to fill out, like, a sign, we had to sign in, and they said, we recommend that you use fake names, so we all picked, like, director names, but with sex angle, and uh, I was Francis Ford Copulate. Oh, that's a good one. I was very proud of that one. I was, like, the whole day, I was excited about that one. Anyway, that's stupid. We'll be back with more after later in country number two. Wow, that's amazing. I really noticed how tired I sounded when we were in the back of that van. And that was a, that was a brutal day. And it had already been some long car rides. And, ooh. Well, I got to tell you, I have learned on this trip not to underestimate the damage of aging. Because I'm 47. I used to be able to do uh, tours and travel and stuff like this. And just get up and roll and keep going. And in my head, I was doing that on this tour. But when I listen to myself talking there, I sound out of it. I'm exhausted. I'm speaking slowly. I don't know. That was something to deal with. You got to take that shit seriously, man. You got to get your rest. You got to get. You got to get healthy. You got to get. Uh, got to get your life together, man. It's starting to sound a little brutal. So this next part. See, we were just uh, in the van ride. This is the plane ride. So, this is me and Tommy after another busy day, but we've had time to chill in the uh, airport lounge. Now, this tour would not have made it without Tommy and Julie both having the magic cards that got them into just about any airport VIP lounge with a guest, and that was enough to get us all in. And so we would hit these airport VIP lounges, and we looked exactly like the Blues Brothers going into the fancy restaurant. You know, everyone else is sitting there like it's, uh, you know, like they're making stock footage for a tech startup, and we roll in, grizzled, start hitting the booze and the food. Oh, but we would have, we would have crashed if it were not for our time in those airport VIP lounges. I think. There's really only maybe two trips total to any airport where we didn't uh, get that lounge life. Made a huge difference. So uh, MVP votes to both Tommy Drake and Julie Scoggins for the for the lounge access. So anyway, uh, here's me and Tommy sitting next to each other on a Polish airline flight heading to Lithuania.
1: Mic test.
2: It. Oh, thank you. Mic oh. test.
1: One two. Mic test. Yeah. I'm white. One down two. The table right Hello. Now. Hello.
0: Obviously, we're sterilizing the area. Picking up a lot of the uh, flight sounds. So oh, yeah. the closer to the mouth you can get it, Got the better. Wow. Uh, but uh, welcome back to After Later, ladies and gentlemen. I'm John Wesling. He's Tommy Drake. I'm
1: Tommy Drake. Hi.
0: Uh, the last time we recorded was a, a four-country travel day, and we had said, that we're, oh, we're going to record in every country, but then we got real exhausted, and shit went crazy, and that just didn't happen. But now we're on our subsequent four-country travel day, and we're on we're, a flight. We are just now crossing into our fourth country, probably, yeah, via much. air. Yeah, pretty Yeah, we are on a Polish Airlines flight, mm-hmm. and, uh line out of Warsaw to Vilnius. Fuck it, I'm going to say where we're going, I don't care. You can say that, we're not yeah, going to publish this for months. It's not, it's not going to give away any, you know, top secret In the city, we're staying in the city of oh, Vilnius. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, thanks. Oh, man. Oh, she, I thought she was giving us a candy, turns out it's, a, it's another sanitizing wipe. I'm going to eat it anyway. It's just as useful. It's like, I don't know, I think the chocolates were better on the Austrian airline. Um, the historic city of Vilnius is
1: uh, still quite a ways from our destination where we're performing. Top secret. Um, and it's, uh, there's a lot of cool World War II, post-World War II history in Vilnius.
0: Yeah, this is your second time we're going to Vilnius, huh?
1: Yeah, I'm excited to show you the place. And we're staying at the same historic hotel, which a lot of uh, dignitaries Ooh. from hundreds of years ago
0: stayed in. Wow. Napoleon? Uh, yes, Napoleon. Cool. I can uh, only assume that my uh, my accommodations will have a fireplace. Uh, yeah, there, there is a fireplace. Like, the old
1: stone building still exists with, like, the modern building around it. So okay,
2: all
0: right. It's, it's pretty cool, man. It's well, that's pretty good. Cool. I want I, I the accommodations reach a level which I've accustomed
1: the hotel room that you're staying in will be much older than the country that you live in. <laughs> oh, that's, that's
0: good. That's good. Uh, wasn't this part of Prussia?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. It's just
0: a guess. A little bit of an educated guess. All right. Cool. Um, cool. I'm excited. Yeah, but today's another
1: another four-country travel day.
0: How are you feeling? How's the... Uh, how are you holding up into the travel?
1: I'm, I'm feeling all right. Uh, I feel uh, relaxed mellow this is uh even though there's a lot of travel i feel like this tour is a lot less stressful than what we normally do right at least for me it's a lot easier for me to do this with you guys than to be on a ship right you know so this is kind of a vacation for me it's nice uh you know because the shows are fun but it's you know you only got to do 20 minutes and you have you, know, you have all your weapons at your disposal, so right. you can kind of mess around if you want to. Or,
0: uh, we've been eating a lot of cheese. Have you been feeling the effects of the cheese?
1: You know, everything seems to be working because we've also been drinking lots of coffee.
0: Yeah, oh, so that's true. That
1: counteracts yeah. the cheese effects, but yeah.
0: Coffee is the, the anti-cheese.
1: This has been a cheese and coffee tour.
0: A lot of meats, a lot, like a lot of lunch meats. Oh, residues.
1: definitely lunch meats. It's, well... Yeah, part of this tour is you eat the free food when you can, mm-hmm. and the free food in Europe is oftentimes as a lunch meat cheese spread. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah. This
1: we is. all made it to the free breakfast today. I was proud of us, and that then we got good. got some little uh, lounge food going through the airports, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good because we are going to spend some money on Lithuanian food, yeah. and I know this isn't a food podcast, but uh, it's going to be for about a day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the After Later Foodcast. Exactly. Where, oh dude, I was laughing, when we, our first stop, May stayed at Army Barracks, which is, uh, you know, it's like a camp, right? Yeah. We had to walk down the hall, outside hall, to go to the latrine.
1: Communal bathrooms.
0: And uh, did you...
1: Barracks still separated by the uh, old school traditional two genders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very old school. Well, they only have two there. <laughs> Vampire or werewolf.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Of course, that's good on sound. We're good
1: on that. that <laughs> I hope these mics picked up the child screaming.
0: Oh, uh, how could they not? The good news is everyone when speaking uh, Polish on the flight makes it sound like like background in a movie, Hamburger, Hamburger, Hamburger. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, you should get all extras to speak Polish. It sounds perfect. But, uh... Like, okay, so, like, the first three days we were on this trip, did you use the latrine to its fullest? Oh,
1: yeah. you kidding me?
0: I don't know. Sometimes, you you do a long cross-Atlantic flight. The first couple days, you're bound up, you
1: know? No, I I don't have that problem. Yeah? But I I know that people do. People have, like, travel gut.
0: It takes a while, right, for things to get back. So, anyway, I guess... Like a cat in a car? Right. Right. So, the first two days, I had no movement on that front. Okay. then, and suddenly I was back on track. Oh <laughs> uh, that Yeah, sure. I'm up Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. Oh, that's delicious. Thank you. Tommy, what did they just hand us? Uh,
1: they just handed us, uh, what it is is like a, a pastry it that's says, filled with uh, uh, rhubarb. It's a rhubarb bun. Yeah, it's a fruit fruit uh, compote filled pastry.
0: I like that it's puffed up because of the pressure of the flight. because yeah. Nice little pillow of yeah, which rhubarb. Yeah, uh, uh, which
1: is nice. And this rhubarb bun will go nice with the cup of coffee I'm about to have. Yeah, me too, bro. Speaking Good of... Uh, I'm sorry, we were talking about oh, yeah. poop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: anyway, <laughs> like anything involved in the U.S. military, uh, there's signs and shit all over the place, right? Everything's right, covered in how to, how to do this, how to do that. Yes. So I'm sitting on the toilet in the uh-huh. latrine. And there's two times in life when a man wants to read... Sure. Shitting and eating cereal.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I'm shitting. Uh huh. Having a bowl of cereal as is my want And so the thing on the back of the door, the inside of the, the stall, was uh, admonishing. It was all it was all caps. Someone had written this because they were upset. Uh. Uh. Sparkling water. Same here. Please. With gas. Water with gas, they call it. it is. So anyway, it's like telling you... Thank you. Hey, this is a shared bathroom. So when you're done, make sure you use the brush.
1: Oh, I got you. Yeah, of course. Saw that sign. And the
0: way that it said it cracked me up, because I really got a taste of the personality of the person who wrote it. Mm-hmm. It says, use the brush, because no one wants to go to your nasty party. <laughs> that was how they described painting the bowl. <laughs> No one wants to go to your nasty, nasty party. And yeah, the best part was nasty party was in quotes, in quotes and highlighted. In quotes and highlighted. In quotes and highlighted. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I thought that, I just, would, I've been laughing about that for days. About nasty party. Like I even said to Tom, when I was like, I go to the bathroom. I'm going to have a nasty party. No one wants to go
1: to your nasty party, Miss Jackson.
0: Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the food has been great for the most part. We've gotten to go to all the touristy spots, you know, and tried the local fare pretty much everywhere we've gone. Yeah, we had some nice uh, street
2: pizza, which yeah. I wasn't
0: expecting
1: it to be what it was. It was the, very good. The Slovakian street pizza was solid. Uh, I'm not used to seeing uh, corn as a pizza topping. And almost
0: every pizza had corn
1: on it. It did, uh, but the olive was a good one. It was a good one.
0: Sorted meats that
2: we had like a a,
0: a salami onion slice that was nice. It was very good. It was very good. So I I say that to say this. Okay. Last night, we were at an army base and we went through the DFAC, which a lot of times we've been eating at DFACs, which is short for dining facility. Right. Uh, But this one was like more traditional, what you would think for army. You're going through the little tent, and there you got the tray, and they're scooping it out, and it was beans and rice.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And the beans were robust, and I sent a picture up to my dad who served in the army. He said, hey, Dad, look, army beans. And he says, "Looks good, but you're going to shake your brains out." <laughs> and even talking to some of the soldiers afterwards, like, "Hey, those beans are good." They're like, "Yeah, you're going to shake your brains out." <laughs> and I have been percolating. Have you? Now I'm not like I don't have sensitive mouths. Um, you know what I mean? I got a got a bit of a asbestos gut. Right. You know, I can I can eat a depth charge and probably shit just fine. For sure. But when I get to this storied hotel, the beautiful Vilnius Lithuania Nasty party. Some
1: something historic's gonna happen. Oh my god.
0: I'm gonna Now that
1: you're not in charge of the brush, something historic's gonna
0: happen. I'm gonna ruin Napoleon's plumbing.
1: <laughs> well now this this hotel's been operating as a hotel for like eight hundred years or something like that. Right. Do you think that this will be a top ten of the eight hundred years? It very well
2: could
0: be.
1: You think you're gonna make the list?
0: I think I'm gonna have to call the front desk to have them send me a wire hanger. <laughs> wow! To you know what I mean, like uh huh.
1: Like
0: like when you have to like when they make pottery clay, like oh, use yeah. the wire. Yep. Uh, okay, yep. I don't need to describe it any further. I think we're all on the same page here. But yeah, I've got like <laughs> I've been doing a lot of core exercises today. Have to, you to maintain this? You've heard me you know, a couple of. Oh yeah. I've had a couple of good. Oh yeah, good ones. Where it sounds like you're like tearing a bed sheet. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's like high thread count too, like this. <laughs> For anybody who's ever you know escaped from a third story prison, it sounds like the tearing of the bed sheet.
0: Yes. It's exactly that same sound. <laughs> and uh, normally I'm pretty. Uh, one of the few ways in life I'm conservative, Tom. I'm pretty... I don't just willy-nilly rip them. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, no, you're you're, you're courteous. You've, you've been on the road all these years in cars, and well, yeah. you're, you're courteous about it. And well, this, and is, I, this is and, a very courteous and, tour. And We're all professionals. And, and
0: yes, I am mindful of just ripping farts in front of people. Well, of course. But I'm also more conservative in the way that I don't trust my own ass. Sure, right. And since I just spent hour of my life the other day washing my underwear in a sink huh. which I did the thing with the laundry pad I oh. filled it up with water put a laundry pod in it let mm-hmm. that dissolve like, it was a proper
1: yeah it's no, a, a good way if you're on the road it's a good
0: way to wash your clothes yeah yeah I was very uh, very proud of myself but yeah I've been I'm holding back a demon right now alright these are I can t- these are high comedic effect farts but I'm afraid of the whoopee tail. You know what I mean? I don't want to fumble are, at the goal are you on.
1: suggesting that you don't trust it?
0: Is that what you're saying? I don't. John? I don't. I've been burned before. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking too much about my bud. That's not what this trip's about. It's not. I actually, you know what?
1: That being said, it is one of the hard parts about traveling. There's a lot of uh, going from very cold to very warm temperature on this Uh trip. There's a lot of pressure chains as you fly and land and fly and land. Uh, And then there's a lot of uh, uncomfortable sleep patterns and a lot of eating when it's appropriate, when it's available.
0: Actually, that was
2: English. We're already on the air. We're landing.
0: It doesn't take long to fly Uh, from country to country in Europe.
1: (laughs) What I was saying, uh, that being said, uh, I am trusting my body on this tour very much, it's working, it's functioning the way it's supposed to, which is good, because last time I did this, I was, before that surgery I was not, my body was not functioning very well so, yeah. it makes it very stressful travel is stressful when you're not sure where the next bathroom is, and what the next meal is, you know uh, and when your body, when you're, you you do not trust your body, it's hard to
0: travel like this Two stops ago, we were in We were in Bulgaria or Bulgaria, a Bulgarian. Bulgaria. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my home country. I'm a Bulgarian.
1: Uh, it's actually a lovely place. It so is. Let's not let's not call it's it nicer Bulgaria. Than you think, yeah. Oh, it's really nice. But, I uh, can hold that.
0: Here you hold that. I'll put this under my ass. Uh-huh.
1: Let's put that under the. Let's put that, up, put that over there, and we're gonna lift that up. The
0: junkyard. You
1: know. We're in the exit row because we're heroes. Oh. Caught it Caught it with my
2: cow
1: Is it still recording us? It is It is still
0: recording right. um, Anyway, I had a bidet Hotel so had a bidet And I've used a bidet I'd rather enjoy it Sure, who doesn't like a bidet? But I'm used to I'm used to the bidet That's got the It's like the sprinkler Shooting up Oh,
1: not the uh, Not the You're handling it
0: yourself? Yeah, the, this one Was just like a faucet And I didn't know Am I supposed to Straddle it up the water and splash it up on my ass. As, um, so I, did, I didn't. I did accidentally pee in the bidet in the middle of the night. think I'll pee. <laughs> is that is that bad? I don't think so. I mean, how could it be bad if you're supposed to wipe, you know, clean your ass in it? What's, right. a, what's a little pee gonna do? I feel like it purposely got louder. Yeah, this is horrible. It really is. Um, you know, no, Tommy, I don't think
1: anybody's ever recorded with more sound pollution.
0: Yeah, this is this, this is about as bad as you can get.
1: Yeah. You know, maybe we should just transcribe this and publish the words.
0: Yeah, I love it though. I love the chaos of it. Yeah. This is my. Like, this is. It sounds like the inside of my mind.
2: Yeah. yeah. No.
0: Still a Star Alliance. And I picked up that. you Star Alliance.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too, kid. I feel you. I think that kid just said, fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. I could fart right now. Should I? Yes. Nope. Nope. <laughs>
1: I no. just like the excitement of you not trusting it
0: <laughs> uh, no. I can tell right away I can tell right away my butt feels like that I can't remember what movie it was where the kid was in the pie eating contest and he ate all the pie real fast uh, stand guess. by me yes that's that's, yeah. that's where I'm at okay I have another body fluid question okay Thank this you. One, this one's hard to ask about, Tommy, because as close as we are, we, we never really talk about things of a sexual nature. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we got it all. I don't know if it's me, or the travel, or what, but how do I put this? Have you engaged in any first-hand autonomic pleasure on this?
1: <laughs> right? uh, yes. That's, sure.
0: I have not. know, That's not.
1: It's not normal?
0: It's not normal. I should have I should have at least...
1: I mean, we've had internet.
0: Yeah, I know. No, it's not for lack <laughs> we, of... We
1: have our own rooms. It's not for lack of <laughs> stimulus. Lack you, of, you've had good, good sets. Okay, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah... And, and, and sleeplessness. Where yeah. It's a natural...
1: There you go. When you're up at, at odd hours. But
0: I'm not up at the odd hours. That's... Okay. I don't know if it's a travel thing or... I don't know.
1: Maybe you're. Maybe you're just. Maybe you're just done. I mean, you had a good run.
0: Does that happen?
1: Maybe it's over. Well, you were talking about uh, wishing there was a low dose pill form testosterone.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, testosterone gummies. Yeah. Sometimes you just need like a keep up of manhood. <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't need a whole regimen, and shots and shit. Uh, <laughs> just a little. But I don't know if that's it or not. I think to me it just feels like it's the travel, it's the trip, it's the you know, station to station well, movement that we're, we're
1: doing. I'm here. I'm I'm very comfortable on this tour because I basically did it last year.
0: Were you stressed about this trip at all, the unknown of it? The only stress I had about the trip wasn't about the travel or the culture or any of that shit. It was only about the the overriding geopolitical scenario.
1: Uh, right, that we're, we're we're very close to a war, which we
0: talked yeah. about yeah. in previous episodes. the yeah. Edge of.
1: Well, and that that's of course stressful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, but normally end of the world stress makes you jack off more.
1: Now, I not I, I kind of right? get the feeling that some of the young men in our audience are sexually stimulated by that pending war stress, especially yeah, some I'm of saying. the ones that we that we just most recently met. Yeah. They seem to be... Uh, they looked like
0: they were ready to jerk it.
1: Oh, yeah. Er, er, early 20s. Out yeah. in the forest. Drilling. Close to the war. Drilling. Eating the defect.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, you know. dude, I
0: wonder if it's defect food. Maybe that's... Are they putting, oh,
1: are maybe. They still putting, I, oh, that didn't occur to me. Are
0: they still putting saltpeter in the food?
1: You have been eating army food. And... Uh, Wow, and I haven't,
2: have because not?
1: I've I've only, I haven't gone full on defect because I have trouble eating right before the show. Right. So, uh, I haven't really eaten the defect food like you have. Eaten? Say eaten. A- eaten. I was trying to say eaten. Uh, so, ooh, that's interesting, you John. Didn't,
0: you, you didn't ate it with your uh, <laughs> head
1: bone? I didn't ate it with my head bone. Uh, that's interesting, maybe it is that. Dude,
0: that's fucked up maybe it's a food you know what it's well have you been drinking the coffee
1: I have been drinking the, the coffee yes I love you know I love truck stop coffee I yeah, love I the too. base
0: oh man alright so and I don't say this in a dirty way but when I get into this hotel I'm going to try Really, it's not in my heart I feel like I need to almost like for medical diagnostic purposes work one up
1: yeah Yeah, it's probably the best thing to do.
0: Probably the best. It's just for blood flow regulation, general health, general health, And well-being. Yeah. Dehydration test. Uh huh. Oh, one of the first stops on this trip, where they had the uh, like I said, in army bathrooms and all over army stuff, they have just different posters of things. The one bathroom on the on the navy base, I think we were at. Yes. Had the whole color of your urine chart to see if you're dehydrated or not. Right. Which is like going to Sherman, Sherman Williams and you don't know what yellow you want to paint the bathroom. Right. It's like that. So now I've had that on my mind that I've been monitoring the, the color of my pee.
1: Do you want uh, canary yellow or kidney disease yellow?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little bit of that. A little bit of fresh magnolia. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of fucked me up. Now I'm thinking about it. maybe it's the food. Maybe. Man. All right. So I don't know. I feel embarrassed now that I admitted and brought that up. <laughs> but I believe in honesty. <laughs> you know, I'm normally a robust Fabist, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, now we can go after later with this, right? Uh, the planet just got over eight billion people. Population is uh, as large as it's been in recorded history. Right. There is a, uh, a, a natural hive biology in a large group, especially one that's as connected as this one. We are one degree of separation through social media and the internet from Billions of people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, does that make our species as a whole what happened? Does that make our species as a whole uh, less less horny? Less? Does it does it lower our desire to procreate? I so think of like,
0: like, a, a, like a pheromonal response message has gone out and say, hey that shit out
1: yes to the uh, especially after dealing with the pandemic uh, there it, it might be some, there might be something in the back of our our connected hive natural brain that suggests that we we shouldn't make as many babies which would affect the the sex drive of the entire planet
0: well I've already got four right so I've already Marty Dunn. Right. 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 Yeah.
1: But I think you still have a, a tribal instinct to impregnate the flight attendant. So yes. <laughs> So I, my, my, I but I but I mean before, a couple years ago, you'd still have that, that thought yeah, for a moment, right. like, Oh, yeah. she should have one of my babies. Doesn't it, but right? of course of I'll course you know, of course you wouldn't actually you wouldn't actually act on that thought, no. but you, you would have it. But I think that those thoughts might not be happening now.
0: Yeah. Now my
1: Because of the of the hive mind of the
0: uh, hive mind says leave that woman alone.
1: Right, because uh, because the the future of the planet depends on there being less people and not more. Yeah, Uh, I think
0: that's something to that.
1: And you you might be able to hear it in the background. We have a lot of little little kid on on this tour. Just happened to be where we're staying, the time of year, and a lot of loud little kids. But the noise of the children has grinded on us more this trip than it has in the past. It absolutely has. For some reason, it's been harder for us to deal with it. And normally, I mean, there's pretty cute kids behind us. I like cute kids. Yeah. Uh, but the noises they're making is really bothering me. That could also be part of the overpopulation of the planet and the hive mind. Children become less and less cute. That's
2: right. It,
1: it affects that, that broodiness of wanting to be a parent in you. You know, I think... I think I think that our species is is adjusting for long-term survival. Like
0: the, like the goldfish in the tank?
1: Yes, exactly. Now, if all of the sudden uh, SpaceX lands on Mars and it's a feasible colony, you're going to get really horny again. Because Whoa. the whole species is going to say, Oh, wait now we can now we can expand now we need more now we need more people you know and all of a sudden you're going to be jerking off in your room every night again that's my that's my science take on this that
0: that tracks dude that tracks it's good so I just got to watch sci-fi and hope like hell
1: get the Mars. and also you know just generally instead of doing what you think you're supposed to do trust your body and trust your instincts do what you feel that's right? never worked out for me I know
2: yeah.
1: okay, but do what you feel because there's there's a, a huge uh, <laughs> subconscious subconscious mind that's that's driving society and I believe that subconscious mind has our best interest at heart
0: so yes what I need to do is find a way to get off the grid so to speak okay in my head imagine you know, a primal man seed out sure that probably oh, just have everything like
1: I'm afraid that you're going to get to this hotel room and just excretions are going to shoot out of every orifice. <laughs> 15 pounds <laughs>
0: Nope, went right back in. Yeah, there you it. go. Isn't that weird ride ride ride. how that right works? makes always want to call home and yell at my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we are definitely now officially in the airspace of country number four.
1: We are, man. We're, we're landing, and this will be the, uh, the coldest that we've experienced. Yeah. So it's going to be below freezing. Which is,
0: honestly, we've been traveling for two weeks now, and I'm ready for it to be cold. I thought it was going to be colder. All we, the all the weather forecasts. We've
1: been, been so lucky. We've had really lovely weather. I mean, we had we were we were in a little bit of a a mud situation yeah. recently, but it wasn't even that bad. It was you know, and I've been you know, t-shirt and open jacket most of the tour, and I'm fine.
0: I've been toting around heavy coats and hoodies and shit. Yeah, I get to wear I'm fine. That <laughs> hey, yours got real clogged up all of a sudden. It's yours.
1: Yeah, yeah, we just, we're, we're descending, so. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: so tell me, I know one of the things you told me about is, since you've been to Vilnius before, so you're like the local. Uh, this was obviously part of the Iron Curtain.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, this was under KGB rule until 1991. Wow. Pretty recent. Wow,
0: I was a Pretty junior in high school.
1: Yeah. And so people your age, in in the city that we're going to be staying in, people your age when they were kids remember being under KGB rule. Wow. You know, and that's and it was not uh, it was not a pleasant time to be living here. How bad? be? Yeah. And uh, some of the forests that we're going to see around the city, there were actually rebels that lived out in that forest that helped, helped people avoid the oppression of the KGB. And uh, the history of that is really, really fascinating. And some of those people are still alive in this community. They're still, yeah. you know. And uh, it seems like when you read about this in uh, in books, it seems like to me like something that was happening before I was born. Like right. uh, when I read about World War II. This is not something that was happening before I was born. This is something that was happening... Very recently in the yeah. state, and of of all the cities I've visited, this one appreciates their freedom and independence more than any other one.
0: Okay, well, and you could
1: feel that when you're walking around, I like and that. And you could feel their respect for their own history.
0: Well, you're telling me there's a museum,
1: the KGB museum, about where I learned all about this. Uh, tells the whole story. There's, uh, you know, there's photos, lots to read on the walls. It's cool stuff, yeah. We, we can do that. We
0: can do that tomorrow. I feel like we're going to You, after the last time you went there and you went to the KGB Museum, did you have any hard times getting through customs back in the States? Like, I feel like you'd wind up on a list.
1: <laughs> no, it's just, it's, ah, I don't know what just happened. Uh, it's all good. Okay. Good. It's blinking. It's going on and off.
0: It's uh, still going. You're talking to yours. Am I on there? Yeah, you're on there.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, no, because it's a it's a it's a historical museum about the KGB and the oppression. It's not a it's not like a
0: come join the KGB (laughs) museum. That you know of. You didn't go with a store you go in. (laughs) All right. Well look forward to that one. It's been a fun trip today, Tom. We're almost there. Yeah, we're almost there. It's good to arrive. Let me just say, uh, you are the MVP as far as I'm concerned to this trip because you have that uh, club access. <laughs> and I've, Well, Julie I've, has it too. We have the same. Yeah, but I don't think, if it wasn't for you, I probably would have just been sitting at the gate like a poor ass, you know.
1: It is nice and it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's nice. We've conveniently had some nice uh, executive lounge access at yeah. airports on this trip. That's been is, nice. That makes a big difference. Which is a good way to travel.
0: Which... Also, also confounds me because that's usually the kind of thing that makes me want to jerk off. You know I mean? Like, you would think. When I feel yeah. fancy, when I feel like a executive. But no. Yeah. Damn. Anyway, I got to work that out. Literally. <laughs> I got to work that out. So, so thank you for that. Thank you for the club access, Tom. Uh, of course, John. We got another week of this tour left. Perhaps we'll record some more. See how it goes. I'll give you a report. Let you know how everything comes out.
1: Well, we have to. Uh, we have to interview Tom Foss.
0: Yes, yes.
1: We do. He has. He just has some really interesting after latery stuff to talk about, and he's one of the most uh, uh, coolest, most interesting, and credible human beings I know. So,
0: and he's one of the forty-seven. So, yeah, he's, he's family already. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm John Wessing. you Tommy Drake. Yeah. about the land of Vilnius so until next time boo-boo lit fam 420 wiener balls (laughs) let me take this opportunity real quick to do something i think's a little overdue and that is to really thank the men and women of our armed services, the ones that we entertained, the ones that we met, the ones that took care of us along the trip, uh, really went out of their way. They're doing one of, some of the hardest jobs and one of the weirdest, bizarre circumstances. Uh, it was amazing to get to meet so many of them in so many different uh, circumstances, shall I say. It's not like in your head you think you're going to go on some tour like this and it's going to be like uh, you know Bob Hope or Marilyn Monroe and crowds of excited servicemen. The only show we had that was even close to that was on the first tour that we did that was for a thousand people at the big amphitheater, and that had that vibe that you'd think. The rest of these, it's hand-to-hand entertainment. We're like in small tents. We're going to small places with sometimes a dozen of these guys, or men and women and at, at where they sleep you know it's we did more than a couple of these gigs standing in dirt in a cold freezing tent you know and that felt like I don't know it felt meaningful it felt like the connection was, was deeper and it was great to see him. and thank you very much for having us and I hope you enjoyed it one thing I learned is that a lot of service people first off they're so young oh my god when you see them they just look like they look like teenagers because so many of them are, but, uh, they're, they're incredibly young. And a lot of them listen to comedy podcasts. I can't tell you how many people we come up that would come up to us and ask us about like all the big comedy podcasts or what podcasts we listen to as much as it used to be, Hey, who are your favorite comics? And you still get a lot of that as well. But like, what shows do you listen to? Because you know, they're not getting a lot of American TV. But they are getting Wi-Fi enough to download a cache of, or cache, I've never been sure how to say that word, of, of podcasts, right? So thanks, we, we've increased our number at least by five on this tour. There's five people in particular, I know for sure, that are listening now, hopefully more, but for sure I know five, and that's how we grow this podcast, five at a time, over months and months of effort. But they listen to comedy podcasts, oh man. So thank you, shout out, much love to all the members of the service. If you're in the service, you're serving overseas, you're deployed or whatnot, uh, uh, let us know. Say hi. We're happy to uh, say hi to you and maybe, you know, Tommy is, he loves to uh, send grab bags and things like that. So anyway, here's the final segment of of this particular uh, episode where we're sitting in the lobby in uh, Riga at the hotel and we're about to have Uh, uh, I believe a a meat and cheese tray That we're about to share Over coffee So (laughs) Here's me and Tommy Being fancy here we are again beautiful environments spooky eastern european locations
1: recording from latvia
0: that's right
1: i'm allowed to say the country i think
0: you know we can say it we can say where we are i figure it is what it is welcome to the after later podcast i'm john Wessling. he's tommy drake today we are at the ac hotel in riga latvia Mm -hmm. sitting in the uh hotel bar?
1: I know that mumble rumble in the background sounds like it's, uh, you know, a sound that we stole off the internet or something, but that's yes. real, that's actually what the background sounds like. Mm-hmm. Some people are speaking English, some are speaking uh, Latvian, mm-hmm. I believe it's the language. Probably. hmm Probably. Most of the people in the lobby of this hotel are currently recording episodes of a podcast,
0: so we thought we would as well. We have seen a lot of that. On yeah. this trip, they're probably discussing like geopolitics, you know, energy policies, you know, what to do with refugees. We're over here about to chronicle some farts that we made. Probably, I had a couple good ones I wanted to talk about, but uh, it's it's funny. It seems like
1: you're talking about farts, and I'm talking about the implication of farts in the context of a Mars
0: colony. Oh yeah. Oh, they'd be way more valuable. <laughs> You know, here on Earth, we take farts for granted. Well, space, a nuisance.
1: space and breathable air is going to be more valuable
0: in, mm-hmm. in the colony. Uh, I think you'd harvest your farts on Mars. Well, sure, I think. It's a valuable method. I mean, think about what it would take to, to artificially produce what's in it, naturally in a fart. So yeah.
1: Be, you'd want to harvest and reuse everything that came out of your body. Yeah. Including I, the farts.
0: Think about it. Here on Earth, your you're waste, you know what I mean? Your nasty party. <laughs> It would be <laughs> something that you go to great lengths to dispose of and get away from. On Mars, I mean, you're, you're going to save every gram of it. When you're on
1: tour, in particular a military based tour, uh, you, you don't always you, you, you eat the free food when you can. Oh, absolutely. You don't always have options, you don't have choices. So. <laughs> you end up in a van or on an airplane, and uh, you just uh, you can't. Uh, you, you, you can't go to the bathroom at home or in a privacy of a hotel room all the time. Yeah. So you end up talking a lot about uh, bodily function, mm-hmm. I think. It's a big part of touring.
0: Yeah, plus I think you know when you're traveling to different places, different cultures, different climates, things like that, uh, different languages, Yeah. you always start with the things that you have the most in common with. Oh, for sure. Right? Oh, for sure. Oh, look at that. Thank some you. Bread. Thank you, you my friend. Well, well, uh, that's absolutely. nice. Is that cheese? <laughs> no. Oh, that's <it> butter. <laughs> He's joking. This is not the first time I've mistaken butter for a different product on this tour. We're going to snack while we talk, for that's sure. That's right. Absolutely. That's what we do. Thank you very much Pepsi. for the Pepsi. And a cappuccino. Thank you, sir.
1: Oh, this is lovely.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. A little, a little liquid America right here. I'm having
1: I like when you order a coffee and they give you, like, a little cookie with it. Seems
0: mm-hmm. to be common out here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How's the quality?
1: It's a nice little cookie.
0: But, uh, enough talking about shit. Okay. Now, let's move on to higher subjects.
1: Well, of course, here, if you're listening for the first time, John and I are here being heroes. You know. Of course. Entertaining deployed U.S. troops. Yeah. Which
0: yeah. It, we're at frightening.
1: Summer. I was in this part of the country, in in this part of the world, in this part of Europe last year, uh, doing some of the same bases, some different bases, and there were a lot less troops last year. All these bases have ramped up their international presence and their U.S. presence because of the conflict, the war between Russia and Ukraine, Yeah. which is making me think about one of your previous after later theories that perhaps the aliens don't want to talk to us until we're beyond war.
0: Right. There's been plenty of uh, anecdotal stories of uh, aliens jumping in and preventing us from setting off nukes.
2: Oh, yeah. They
0: really don't want us to, to use the nukes. Probably don't big fans of us having them. Right. But it, it, they also might,
1: you know, they they might have knowledge of their own history and they might know that they weren't ready for contact back when they were warring, you know? Yeah. They're just saying, ah, oh, they're not ready yet, you know? It's like the, uh, you know, it's like uh, in, in the development of of society, you know? At a certain age, you're not responsible enough to do certain things. Right. Perhaps our society isn't responsible enough to have contact.
0: Oh, I definitely, I think we are toddlers. On the in the grand scheme and of things. Scale. And, and I think when it comes to our, our warring nature, they probably look at the same way that I, as a parent, would look at kids fighting in the yard. Oh, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, okay, here's some basic rules, right? No nukes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a pretty good basic rule. <laughs>
0: you know, keep it, you know, d- domestic. Mm-hmm. You know, no eye gouging.
1: No.
2: You can
0: afford avoid it. That's why I think aliens probably are <clears throat> big supporters of us uh, continuing MMA. Oh, hand yeah, sure. to hand. I think. Sure. You need They'd prefer it if we settled all of our disputes in hand-to-hand fashion. Mm-hmm. Which I think, I, how cool would that be? I th- what if that was the overriding rule? What if we had some love I love, of, I love
1: that ancient, the ancient idea of, uh, how about your best warrior versus our best warrior? Yeah. And then everybody doesn't die. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you, you win this battle, so your king is our king, you know?
0: And essentially, wasn't uh, the, the genesis of the Olympics, the same idea. Like, okay, hey, even about... Instead of our two greatest warriors fighting to the death, how about we have a race?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We have a bunch of races and different events, and we'll hang out.
1: Yeah, the difference is, you know, no no land exchanged, you know, was exchanged after the Olympics. It was just kind of bragging rights, right? Yeah. The, I mean, the issue with the conflict here right now is over borders. Russia yeah. trying to annex certain borders, you know? Yeah. And some of the places we went. I mean, we went to Kosovo. Yeah. It's which is border. which is Serbia, if you talk to Serbians, That's
0: but true. it's Kosovo if you talk to most of the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, we're all pissed off over land, which is, uh, I think we found, someone told us along the way, uh, one of the, the, the roots of the problem in Ukraine is that they wanted to join NATO, and NATO has a rule that you can't file for membership or you can't join if you have an active border dispute.
1: Right. Right. So
0: they said, well, so that's what Russia could do. They could start a border dispute so that they couldn't get in the NATO right. kind of thing at the time. So that makes sense. But
1: guess what? I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you this, but oh. uh, NATO forces have ramped up around all of this. Oh, yeah. Big time. Just waiting for them to oh, yeah. accidentally <laughs> go over a line on any of the 12 NATO-protected areas that are all around this conflict. Yeah going guess what all of a sudden even though the ukraine isn't in nato all the nato forces are coming down on russia you know
2: yeah
1: you can tell they're prepping for it
0: man of course that's the idea the more you're prepared for a fight the less likely you'll have to fight it i suppose right Mm -hmm. you know if we'd have had if we'd have been more on our toes in pearl harbor they wouldn't have attacked
1: yeah yeah yeah, more than likely uh,
0: everybody's surfing (laughs) hanging out fishing banging nurses like, I saw uh, the movie.
1: You know, Hawaii is just... It's such a, a gem of the planet. I don't know why there hasn't been conflict over Hawaii for all of history.
0: Oh, there there has been. And, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of ours, mutual friend, Paul Ogata.
1: Oh, uh, what a brilliant, brilliant comic. If and, you're a comedy fan, some of comedy fans are listening, just check out Paul Ogata's stuff. He's such a wonderful comic.
0: And uh, I got a chance to work with him not too long ago on a ship, on a Royal Caribbean ship. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he's big-time Hawaiian. Probably a prominent Hawaiian, Mm -hmm. one of the most well-known comedians from Hawaii, and I was asking him a little bit about the Hawaiian history. Like, there's a independent uh, movement there. They don't like the Americans being there and how we treat their land and all that other stuff. And I was like, Yeah, I get it, man. I'm sorry. It's just our jam. That's what we do. You know. But uh, my, my angle on it was, is like, man, it's kind of the devil, you know. Because, I mean, sure, you don't like our imperial forces, and let's say you were successful in kicking us out. As we sail to the east over the horizon the next morning, here would come China and take your ass over.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing they had us, you know, during World War II, right? Yeah. Because it's a good thing that, you know, they weren't attacking Hawaii itself, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if they were. Hawaii would be Germany now.
2: <laughs> oh, well,
0: it'd,
1: it'd be Japan for a while. Right?
0: It'd be the Japanese islands of Hawaii. Right. Um, so that kind of sucks. And even even at that point, it was like, yeah, I guess you're right. So it's like, all right, so let's, let's just make friends and I'll be cool. <laughs> but, yeah, Hawaii boy, Hawaii gets a lot of uh, uh, UFO sightings. They do. You know? They do. Uh, and I don't blame them. If I was, if I was an alien. I would check that I' check it out sure. It looks like a nice spot right be like and
1: r- and maybe it's just the aliens
0: that are that
1: land is toxic to them they're just here to go down into our oceans and Hawaii's kind of in the middle of vast open oceans, so right. that's the only you know populated thing they have to fly over to get to their base at the deepest part of the Pacific
0: that makes sense that makes I thought we'd see more. Or, yeah, see more like we have, like we've seen a little, but not enough. <laughs> you know, the areas that we've been on on this tour are supposed to be UFO hotbeds, man.
1: They are, and we're right. with Tom Foss, who has a relationship with UFOs, we gotta, we who gotta seems to, to see them all down. the time, and they seem to see him.
0: Yeah, I thought for sure. So, we got the bait. It's uh, we do people, so people who have UFO experiences, they're like people who've been hit by lightning before, or they tend to attract it again. yeah
1: or like, or like ghost hunting with with certain spiritual people mm-hmm. they're, they're just the spirits they're like oh we can talk to them they'll hear us you know so looking for ufos with tom foss is you got a much better chance of seeing it you know he's been seeing them his whole life yeah but it's been cloudy everywhere we've go. it's up. it's uh it's funny because though it's rough weather time here in europe mm-hmm. uh it's been a kind of a pleasant version of rough weather that we've experienced. It's true. We haven't had to deal with high winds. We haven't had to deal with nasty precipitation. I mean, there's like snow globe snow falling right now. Oh, yeah.
0: Very, very picturesque. Very very beautiful.
1: And this happens here every year, so it's very functional. Nothing's shutting down. The mm-hmm. roads are drivable. Yeah. People know what
0: they're doing. Not not been standing ice on the freeways or the no. roads or any of that kind of stuff. No. Oh, here comes the meat tray. All right. Oh, this party Thank just got you. real. Thank you. you could just... Yeah, make it happen oh, in between man. us. Thank you so much. Okay. Perfect. That is nice. I got mm-hmm. you know. I'm gonna take a it's picture. Region, of that. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Thank, you. thank
2: you. Hey,
1: will
0: you do me a favor, my friend? Oh, okay. What's your name, my friend? My
2: name
0: is Zulz. <laughs> oh, thank you. Hey, will you, just for audio purposes, will you describe what we're seeing? Yeah. Uh, what's what oh, is here? What are we, these? We meats? just want to know. Fancy local meats. Fancy
2: local meats. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, from the local meat, we have. Uh, this meat there was a chorizo. Mm. Oh nice. There goes a the ham. Uh, also it goes a beef. Oh, okay. uh, and a pork as well, and the chorizo. Nice.
0: What What's, do you in in your in uh, your language, what do you call these? Latin? Yeah. What do you what do you call What is it? Gurczyk. Gorchik. Gorka.
2: Gorchiki, something like a crunchy. Pickle?
0: We call yeah, it the pickle. Uh, yeah, pickle.
2: Crunchy pickle.
0: Crunchy pickles.
2: Pickle like
0: that. that's right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank I you, sir. Enjoy, thank you. Enjoy this greatly.
2: Would you like to have a coffee? One more, uh, one more coffee,
0: yeah, please. Yeah, one more Pepsi, please. Yeah, thank you.
1: Uh, I think uh, that explains why we talk about farting all the time, John. Mm-hmm. We just ordered yeah. a multi meat tray here. Yeah, of
0: Everything here is... Oh, 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 I'm so excited about all this. Um, Tom, don't take this the wrong way, but I can't wait to get this meat in my
1: mouth. Hey, how could you take that the wrong way, Jeremy? How <laughs> could you?
2: Thank you. go Hmm. Mm.
0: Tom, you must try... The chorizo. Oh yeah, no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you chorizo right off the bat.
1: Later today.
2: Oh, it's so hard.
0: I'm hoping
1: to it's have a, a like a leftover Thanksgiving casserole at some point today before our show.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Where were we before we were interrupted by food? Who
0: cares? Food's so <laughs> good, it makes you forget about aliens.
1: Um, if you tour around Europe, it's really a meat and cheese tray tour. Uh, you go to the free breakfast at the hotel. You and I have just been making ham and cheese sandwiches every morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only proof of vegetable I've seen is rhubarb.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, there are these mini gherkins. That's true. I mean, I must mean, have been a cucumber at some point. These are
0: <coughs> these are me good for audio writing. Here's a uh, taste one of the gherkin. Yeah, not as crunchy as you'd think. Oh, great. We're doing a ASMR
1: podcast now? Boy. Is that what it's called, ASMR? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I'm going to put that in the uh, description of this episode. Mm-hmm. I'll just get some some listens.
1: This is just really good audio of John Wesley eating pickles.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. It's hard to eat pickles and mouth breathe at the same time. This would be... <laughs> Luckily, I have forty-seven years' experience. <laughs> Coming from a long line of mouth breathers. <laughs>
1: this
0: will be good for the van ride, huh? Yeah. Well. Oh, look at the look at the darkness inside that cheese. Mm. Oh my God, that is that is local fungus. I'm gonna eat it all. I don't care. Man, we're getting close to the end of this this run. I got like. Three more days to make the long flight back to the continental United States of America.
1: And we've had some wonderful shows. We've had some challenging shows for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Our last show on paper is the most challenging. Mm -hmm. But last time I did one of these, the last show on paper was the most challenging and was the best show. Really? Because it was at the, the roughest, most horrible conditions... Uh, location base that you could possibly be at uh, and still get a show. You know, there are bases that are worse conditions that don't even get us because they don't want us there. It's too dangerous for us to be there. Well, last time we did this, or last show, thank you, um, was on one of these rough bases, but the base was so rough that we're so happy that we came that every single, all, all of the 80 people stationed there all of the 80 people stationed there came to our show. Because they needed it. And they were
0: <laughs> They look over and even the guards, the guards are there. Oh like, the guys oh, that were
1: shit. supposed to be guarding the gate were there. <laughs> and I even made a joke about that. I'm like, shouldn't you guys be there? Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> Nothing's happened in two days.
0: <laughs> I'm watching it on my phone. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So I kinda I'm kinda hoping for that on our last show, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Um what do you think about uh about the shows so far john so.
0: i think <clears throat> well like look i don't have i didn't have the uh conception when we came on this tour that it was going to be like like a bob hope Bed midler for the boys kind of sure was going to be like a um, uh, apocalypse.
1: Now <laughs> we so should cool. introduce Julie Scoggins by saying,
0: Sure remind you boys what you're fighting for." <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I knew it was going to be like a little weird hell gig kind of stuff, which is oh, yeah. cool with me. I just touched all that. meat.
1: Um, that's okay because it's hell deployment. Yeah, you know
0: it's perfect for us. This is our brand to show.
1: Yeah, for yeah for sure. This is where we where we thrive is. Places where shows shouldn't happen.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, they've been rewarding. I think they've felt scary and daunting. And I think it's good that you and I have been the ones that have done the most opening of the shows. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, because we're... Uh...
0: We terraform it pretty well into something useful by the time Julie and Tom get up. Yeah. And that way, we're sort of... You and I are the force recon of, the, of comedy.
1: A little bit. We're... um we're front line we're mm-hmm. we're setting up the tents
0: we did one in that chow hall that was probably the toughest to oh yeah with. oh yeah that was the one i think was the the the, the, the worst of yes lunch, where we started at a weird hour for about seven people mm-hmm. a few more trickled in and then right when i was getting brought up on stage was when the chow hall opened so everyone got up and got in line with their trays you were
1: performing for the line of the guys getting their, their mm-hmm. supper
0: mm-hmm. So that was just awkward and weird For everybody involved But I think there was enough people that got a chuckle out of it That it, it was worth doing
1: They did and everybody agreed that it was kind of poor scheduling Yeah, You know But they still uh, It was still something nice mm-hmm. yeah. for them You know
0: Yeah I mean I'm, I'm just trying to find something To, to not just you know say it was glowing and awesome
1: Oh yeah no it's been It's been work
0: mm-hmm. I, I, feel, I feel good tired
1: we did something uh, very cool that you set up. That was super encouraging for uh, for me to see. We did open mic on a night off in Riga, Latvia, and met some uh, very cool comics. Some of them have a nice career going. Others are just getting started. It was a legit open mic and upstairs of a restaurant. You know.
0: Yeah. You know. I thought about it. Like as many shows as we've done. In Europe and other places, they've either been cruise ship or uh, U.S. service bases. Right. So it's like we're getting home crowds. They're, they're they're not from here either, so we haven't done any local shows.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I knew we had the night off here, so I looked it up online about a week or so before and found a group called Comedy Latvia.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I want to say thank you to, uh, to Edgar's and uh, to Alexander. Uh, they put us all up on stage. Mm-hmm. And we showed up, dude, and it was just like the same vibe was just like any other scene-based open mic anywhere in the in the u.s
1: oh yeah right
2: oh yeah
0: and and uh we were nervous obviously that like the language barrier obviously sure because their whole website was all in Latvian, their clips everything was in Latvian. of course when i'm communicating with the guys they're they're writing in english and it's not like broken i don't know how to write english
1: yeah no they all uh they didn't
0: say anything about it but it turns out that like pretty much everyone in Latvia under the age of 50 speaks English. Understands it very well. Right. And they've all been raised and watched American stand-up, you know, English language stand-up. So there was one other person speaking English on the show Mm -hmm. and he was a Brit who Uh moved here. And uh, he did his show in English and we're glad that he went up like first or second so we could see it.
1: He was the first English-speaking comic on the show. And he was a good comic. Funny, funny dude.
0: Good comic. His stuff was sharp. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and they laughed at the right spot, so I was like, okay, that was good. We're like, all right, so we're going to have to go up there and just do mime. I'm not going to do my Pagliacci impression.
1: <laughs> Which is pretty good, actually. It's
0: just solid. It's very, very solid. So I'm actually a little bummed that I didn't get to do that. <clears throat> <laughs> but but then, dude, it was, you know, it was a, it was a uh, packed little room with weird people standing up in an uh, odd sound situation mm-hmm. uh, upstairs over a bar. Uh Seriously, I've done probably a hundred gigs just like it. Of course, over the years, right? And it had the obvious, obvious obstacles to deal with: a big birthday party sitting right by where the stage is. Not just a birthday
1: party; an eighteen-year-old female birthday party. An
0: eighteen-year-old female birthday party, which is the equivalent of a twenty-five-year-old female party in, in the states. Yeah, right. Because eighteen is drinking age. Yeah, she can run a car now, probably. Yeah, they're on the edge of war. Eighteen-year-olds in Latvia are a lot older than eighteen-year-olds in Shenandoah, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. They're a little more worldly. Uh, they're not, you know, even 21-year-olds in the States, they had a party like that. They would just mm-hmm. be pounding shots, be loud, you know. I'll it, tell you what, though. They were, like, sophisticated. They were drinking wine. By so. our
1: standards, it was a pretty cool, respectful, open-mic crowd.
0: Absolutely it was. You know? Absolutely it was. I was I was blown away how, how well it went. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and it felt good to be... Open mic nervous. Yeah, to be like, your our resumes didn't matter. Matter of fact, I'd say the stakes were even higher. The the, the oh for the, sure. The, the barrier to acceptance was even higher. Yeah, but we all man, we all went up there like champs, and we all drew blood, man. It was great. Well, we did.
1: Yeah, it was super fun. Uh,
0: uh, how and it
1: it encouraged me about the worldwide comedy scene. You know, mm-hmm. I love that that there's showrunners all over the planet now that are going into restaurants like that, going, huh, let, let me do an open mic upstairs and maybe Thursday we'll do a paid show, you know? Oh, I love that that's happening.
0: They offered us they, there's gigs all over Lafayette. Oh yeah, how there's long are you guys going to be around? We, yeah. got,
1: we have better rooms than this. That's the, oh, that's was the funniest hilarious. part.
0: It was hilarious. We had one day off and they had one gig available. It's not like we could move things around. And everyone we met was like, oh, this is the worst of our open mics.
1: Uh. <laughs> For my for my Houston friends, here's here's the analogy. Imagine if say, like a couple of Australian comics happened to be in Houston, right? Yeah. And uh, they had a night off on a Tuesday, and you said, uh, you know, and they and they and they reached out. They're like, ah, we just want to do a set somewhere, and we invited them to Jive Bar on yeah. a Tuesday, right? And. uh as soon as I got there, we'd be like, "Ah, oh, we're glad you guys. It's a shame you guys aren't here on another on another night." Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of our rougher rooms, you know. That's exactly that's, that. that's the treatment we got in Riga, Latvia. Mm-hmm. But this place was uh, uh, not as rough as a jive bar, for no. sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, mean, I tell you? Like, I was thinking about like what references do I have? How much of my how much of my you know, bits are idiomatic? You know, kind of. Yeah, you got to take the American out of your bits, right? And for the most part, everything worked. Except so for one odd one. Very, and there's no way I could have researched this. Definitely the latter people. Hang on,
1: before you tell this story, <laughs> before John went up, he asked me for advice. And my advice, my advice was, trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. Too many comics second-guess themselves when they're in
0: unusual situations. Go on. <laughs> so I did. And also the advice, trust your instincts, is, is pretty good, quick advice that you don't have to think about too much. Right. It's like, hey, man, we're at a bar. <laughs> I was thinking about going and hitting on those four women over there. What do you think I should do? I think you should trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. <laughs> okay. You're right. I shouldn't do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> My
1: instincts tell me that's a horrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> right.
0: So anyway, everything's going great. And I uh, found out, and, and they were very friendly. Everything was working great. There were really smiley faces.
1: Yeah, if you did a joke that didn't work, they didn't tune out. They just listened
0: to the next joke. Mm-hmm. But evidently, they do not understand the sexual position, the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Obviously,
1: they call it something else they here. They just
0: call it something else, <laughs> or they just haven't, hasn't got here yet.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. Sure, they're very, they're very young, very fit yeah, people. I'm sure was, they're doing it.
0: <laughs> so. I don't want to do the joke, but... No, you don't have to do the
1: joke. Is the but the that joke kind of depended on people knowing that the wheelbarrow was a sexual position.
2: Yeah, and,
0: and what it would look like. It looks like a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> One person is the hard-working farmer, yeah. and the other person is the wheelbarrow. I think it's pretty obvious. Okay. Yeah. But they didn't... I mean, universally, all of them had, like, no idea what I meant. Yeah, no, if it like, was... So you know instantly, oh, they don't... Either have that or call it that. They must call it something else. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure was, they have it. And it was my closer. I was closing with it, so oh, I yeah. had that odd oh. moment of, oh, okay. Well, I learned something. Thank you for having this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys got it. I felt like you guys got to try this. You know? Yeah. Like remember in uh, Back to the Future when he started playing the? Oh yeah, of course. And they're like, well, I guess your you gotta, kids are gonna love your it. Your <laughs> kids are gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> I should have said that. I should have said, you guys don't have the wheelbarrow yet. You're not ready, but your kids are gonna love it. Oh. Uh, Uh, That was fun Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm trying to remember what bit you did that almost like a little bit of there was the difference there Did you do the train? No, no, no No, No, I wasn't
1: No, I did a couple of things that uh, had a thud, you know Because I, you know as long as I've been doing comedy I pause pretty hard on the Mm punchline Even if it gets nothing I relish in that a little bit I do, And I had a couple of those for sure I forget which jokes they were, but it was like, this one worked, that one didn't. Uh-huh. Then this next one worked, you know. Some sort of language barrier on that one, you
0: know. You know, it's funny, Different. there's different languages where when native speakers are speaking it. It has its own cadence, its own rhythm. Like, it's hard for you, as an American, to see what they're saying and to be able to discern even the mood or tone, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, the people who... Uh, like Arabic is a good example. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when people are really going off, you can't tell if they're happy, sad. You don't, It's hard to get the vibe. Right, right. Because it's also just rapid fire. Uh, Spanish is like that a lot when someone's excitedly speaking Spanish. Right. They could be thrilled or really upset. You can't pick it out. But I don't know if it's just the way these languages work. Because essentially, they're older Romance languages than English. Yeah, Latin-based, right? sure. I heard this used to be Rome.
1: <laughs> this funny. all used to be Rome. <laughs> all of this
0: used to be Rome. But like, uh, or if it was them parroting the way they've seen comedy done in English already, so they had a lot of the same intonations and like the, the act. You know, so you could kind of almost follow along, even though you had no idea what the words they were saying. It was like watching an improv troupe when they do the gibberish game. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. <laughs> but there was one that was very funny. Uh, where the guy was was going off about something. Every now and then you'd pick out an English cognate, right? Oh, yeah. Or or they'd just say the English word because they don't have a regular word for it. But this guy was very exasperated. And he goes, terms of service. That's right. And it was like instantly like, Oh, I know exactly what this bit I, is I about. know what this bit is about. I know yeah. exactly. He's like, no one reads them. You just click them and like yeah. the hidden, you know. Yeah. I was like, I got it now. After that. But I just like that they didn't have the Latvian.
1: Now, bringing this up is because I want to talk about a previous uh, after later theory. Mm, yes. Uh, and the, it's, it's about the old Tower of Babel story. It's, a, it's an old religious story to try to explain why there's so many different languages on the planet. Mm-hmm. In my head... Uh, because uh people because language takes a long time to develop, and because people have been traveling and interacting and trading with each other for a very long time, we should just have one language yeah. it it doesn't make sense to me that a bunch of different languages would develop in an isolated population like uh like Hawaii, like we were talking about, I could get a language developing there, but as far as the 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 uh you know the big land masses, why are there multiple languages? And my theory is because we aren't done developing our method of communication just yet. And eventually, spoken word is going to be uh, not the way that we communicate,
0: right? You know, you've talked about this idea of yours several times. And first time, I kind of, oh, I don't get it. The more and we talk about it, the more and more I see it. I see what you're saying. I think it's obvious that you want the world to shut up. You've had enough of Well... This. You know, and on,
1: on a tour like this, you do end up sometimes communicating with people that don't speak or understand English. Mm-hmm. And as Americans, I expect everybody to understand English, even though I only speak one language. Uh, but so there's a lot of nonverbal communication, a lot of pointing, a lot of hand gestures, a lot of nodding and shaking a head. Well, and we say it's g- like
0: Paul Ogata. If you don't understand English, you know what you're getting? Louder English. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Paul is so funny. Shout out to Paul Ogata for uh-huh. being so funny. That's right. Um but the nonverbal communication, you know, and the few words that are universal.
0: All right, let's see like, if I can non ask you a question.
1: Uh, you're, you're asking me if I would like more of this meat and cheese tray, and I'm, or what I think of it, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, whether I prefer the cheese or the meat? Yeah, what's what? What do I think is better? Hmm. That's yeah, interesting. None of that We're was right. horrible at non none nonverbal communication.
0: Right. Well, I got one of my one of my hands is holding the microphone. It makes so it more difficult. That's cutting to my ability to mime communicate nonverbally. Right. But uh, what I was trying to say is, hey, do you mind if I eat that last? piece? Oh no, please eat those last pieces. Okay, that's so. Go on, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> while I while I chew this beautiful meat and cheese. Um,
1: but also, there I I love that there are languages or, or there are words. That end up being universal in all languages. Uh, taxi, mm-hmm. good example. You know, and uh, uh, other word, Wi Fi mm-hmm. is the same in every language. Uh, and they're useful words for travelers. And the useful words for travelers end up being the same in every language. And that encourages me that eventually, maybe before we stop speaking, there will be a universal spoken language. There will be a melding, you know. They tried years ago to turn Esperanto into everybody's second language, you know, which was a, it was a good try. They were futurists, they were future thinkers. Yeah. It has to happen naturally. It has to be, your parents don't speak it and the kids do, and that generation just communicates worldwide, you know. Mm.
0: That's a good, I, I wonder, is that, like you talk about the, uh, the whole simulation is based off coming up with the perfect chicken sandwich? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is done. Yeah, yeah. 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 What if it the the, the language problem is that is that uh, won by conquest and domination? So. Oh, well, like I hope you, I hope not. Uh, or is it more of a softer diplomacy of entertainment and from the heart? Because in that case, if it was you know sheer volume and domination. You would say Chinese. And Mandarin, more likely, bean, The odds-on favorite to win the World Series of Language. Yes, you would think. But if you go culture-based, heart-based, English seems to be the most right. versatile, useful, most effective in communicating and, fine differences.
1: And also, people forget, people think, eh, English because Ameri- of American TV and movies. Well, yes and no. English because of British TV and movies, first and foremost. The BBC the, has spread
0: the English language more than America. Yes,
1: the only the only things worthwhile in the early days of television, if you were in a non English speaking company country, were produced by the BBC.
2: Yep.
1: You know, and uh, and it is interesting watching uh, watching uh, TV or movies in a different language with English subtitles. It's a good way to learn the language, learn certain words. And uh, a lot of people did that, but then there were a lot that, you know, you fall in love with an actor, you don't want his voice dubbed over, you want to hear his real voice, or yeah. her real voice, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true. I think about, like, every place we've been, uh, you know, the hotels that we stayed at, even the, even like, you know, Slovakia, Bulgaria, yeah. when I had cable, I would say at least 10% of the channels were English. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I am, like you said, the, you know, even the Bulgarian TV channel is going to show, was showing Rush Hour two, yeah, in English, yeah, with you know, Bulgarians, you know, subtitles, yeah. So then you, like you said, I, and I know, I catch myself whenever I said uh, something that's in English with the different language subtitles. You start seeing what those words are, and that's how you learn by immersion, right?
1: I was watching Rush Hour two, and I'm going, no, this is great because it's in English and it's Bulgarian subtitles. But then there's a scene where they're talking in Mandarin, and then the <laughs> subtitles were in Bulgarian, and I didn't know what was going on because I needed my English subtitles. Yeah. So fortunately for me, I'm, I'm pretty cagey, and I was able to continue to follow the plot of Rush Hour 2. <laughs> you
0: are pretty cagey. Being,
1: being a world traveler that I am, mm-hmm. pretty cagey.
0: I've but, said that about you before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what a trip, man. Now, these are definitely. This is a different kind of vibe where we're places where more people can understand us than we can understand now. Yes. Right. Yes. So it does make you feel like you're in the looking glass a little bit. Yeah. Like it'd be way easier for someone to sit near us and just sort of eavesdrop and know what we're talking about, but it doesn't go both ways. Yeah,
1: you know, and if you know, if uh if a Latvian who only spoke Latvian walked into I don't know, a comedy club I was working, I wouldn't be able to go in the back and get the Latvian guy. Mm-hmm. Here, if they don't speak English, they say, ah, one second, no. wait. And they get the, the lady that does, you know? Uh, so it's
0: uh, so, uh, it's a think? little bit
1: easier for us than it is for them.
0: What do you think will happen, more likely? That more people will, will know multiple languages? or Or will there be more people speaking one language?
1: I think the languages will meld. They're already melding, and the the example of that are the words I was talking about that are the same in every language. Like okay. Yeah, and where where we, where we live, you see English and Spanish melding, mm-hmm. and then just a, a few hours drive, you see English and French have melded.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so um, all of those yeah, all of those kind of uh, kind of meld together. Every generation has more and more shared phrases. And less and less old world. And we see phrases going away. We see old world, old terms going away. And we even joke about them sometimes. You know, We use old school terminology that has just kind of died. And there's new school terms that come up. And those new school terms are more universal language wise. Hmm. Um, also, something that you and I aren't a big part of, but that's affecting worldwide language, is uh, video game culture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, there's a lot of words that have become universal through hugely popular video games, you know, that are the same in every language. Uh, which is encouraging, man. Yeah. Encouraging.
0: Trippy, man. Well, we're at that point, Tom, where we're about to get our ride's about to show up. So, yes. We said, we, let's put a pin in this episode right here. Okay. And then hopefully uh, record later tonight when we get back yeah, with a couple beers in us. Okay. Maybe we'll, if we can. Get Foss in the right emotional mind states. Talk about uh, his stuff. We got to get that done before before we leave Europe. We, we do have to get Foss.
1: We do for sure because he's our he's our bridge to communicate with the aliens. I think
0: that's right. That's right. He's not just the leader of our All Stars of Comedy tour. He's our liaison with the Grays.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, yes. no question. Uh-huh. I right. wonder if it is the Grays. I, I can't I, wait yeah, to exactly. ask him specifically.
0: That's true. And maybe they like him because he's a shorter guy. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. And he's a a hugely peaceful human being. That's right. Uh, He's also extremely honest and kind and charitable.
0: Yes, he does have sweet, sweet vibes. He does. His aura
1: is all happy. Yeah, and that that might be what draws them to him. Mm -hmm. That's
0: why they stay away from us. Perhaps. My my weird-ass vibe. (laughs) 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 All right, we'll be back with more after later in just a little bit. You know, if I have one regret about that entire trip, it's that we didn't record more. And that's 100% my own fault. I was dragging ass, trying to get by. There's a lot of stresses that come on a tour like this. And we got so many more stories, and we'll try to wrap them all up. I'm trying to save some, uh, because Tommy and I are scheduling a time to record, hopefully, a Christmas episode. One last episode uh, between Christmas and uh, uh, New Year's sort of a year in review you know our usual bullshit we'll, i don't know we'll find a theme maybe we'll both uh both drink while we do it i don't know yeah we're silly like that but yeah there's a whole lot more stories like i haven't even told you about the uh the chopper pilot that got offered ten thousand dollars for his semen uh that's a great story that that really set the market on different uh, occupations that was a great conversation So I'll get to that. I'm trying to save stuff for when Tommy and I uh, can debrief and talk about the tour. And plus, I never even told you why this episode's called Sausages. (laughs) I'll save that for when Tommy Drake comes back. But uh, if I don't talk to you or if you don't hear from me before Christmas, I wish you all a very happy Christmas. Uh, Happy holidays to everybody with all the different holidays that are out there. I hope you celebrate one of them, all of them, some of them, none of them. Either way, get some rest and relaxation and get your shit right for next year. All right. It's been an amazing year after later. And I'm looking forward to a 2023 with a whole lot more adventure and a whole lot more episodes. Thanks again to Tom Foss uh, for bringing us on his Tom Foss's All Stars of Comedy World Tour. 2022. I got to do on two legs of that all over Europe. I look forward to doing another one with you, Tom. Anytime you call, I'm happy to go somewhere else with you, brother. Uh, thanks to Michelle Bean Krieg from Armed Forces Entertainment for putting the whole thing together. Uh, looking forward to doing more work for you in the future and entertaining our uh, men and women in the armed services. That was a great honor and a privilege. I'm, I'm happy to do it again, and, uh, and it was just amazing. Thanks, sir. Thanks for uh, having me on that. Big shout out to Julie Scoggins. You are hilarious. It was great to tour with you. You travel like a champ. It was a blast to get to know you. Looking forward to working with you again. And of course to my main dude, Tommy Drake. Dude, we finally got to uh, uh, go work in another continent. You and I, as people may or not realize, our premiere endurance comics. The men who did 50 States in 50 Days the First. Along with our buddy Chuck Savage, of course. It was a treat to get to do that with you. Hopefully, we get to do it again soon. All right. Until next time, uh, hit us up on Twitter. That's at After Later, A-F-T-E-R-L, the number eight, the letter E-R. Uh, on Facebook, it's After Later Podcast. Give us a share. Give us a comment. We're available pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. And hopefully, we'll have some big news coming up in 2023 to make it even easier to find us and share us and watch us. All right. Until next time, boo-boo lit fam. <laughs> 420 wiener balls.
2: <laughs> yeah, love it.